What is going on, everybody? Welcome back in to another edition of the Fan Committee Football Podcast. Football is finally back. Week one is behind us, and it was a wild ride. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Tooman. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Herrera. As always, Mike, a lot of crazy stuff went down this week, uh, especially last night on Monday Night Football. Broncos and Seahawks. We had Buckman on here talking about the Broncos about a week or two ago. And I don't think he would have ever suspected the result of this week one game for Denver. And we can talk about why it went down. But, you know, Geno Smith gets some revenge against – not revenge against Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson didn't do anything to him, but he gets the win over his four, the guy he used to back up. Uh, what, were your ta- what was your take on the game uh, as a whole? Uh, I wasn't expecting the outcome, but I'm also not shocked it happened because that's such like – it was, of course, everyone's typing up the Broncos. Everyone was like, oh, Russell Wilson's going to come back to, to the Seahawks territory. He's going to kick their ass, and he's going to walk away with the victory after demanding a trade and all this and that. And so I'm not really surprised. I'm also not surprised because I really, like, I'm not a Broncos hater, but I do think people were uh, riding the wave of, like, this, like, bandwagon thing too hard. And I think people were really overblowing the fact that Russell Wilson's on this team now because Russell Wilson Russell Wilson's great. He didn't play badly yesterday. He played pretty great. But I don't think that the Broncos as a whole is the world's best team. Honestly, like as it stands right now, I did agree that the Broncos, I thought the Broncos would be the second best team. But as it stands currently after week one, it seems like the Chargers are the second best team. Um, I think the Raiders are kind of the worst, though. But that's that's a topic for another day. That's for later in the episode. But uh, I'm not uh, super surprised with what happened. It's kind of an interesting way to start season. But then again, it's also week one. So who knows how it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith, he was really good. I know he had 195 pass yards, but he was very efficient. He had five incompletions, no interceptions. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are just assuming he would be terrible because he's been a backup for so long. But as they mentioned on the broadcast, he spent time behind Eli Manning. He spent time behind Phillip Rivers and then Russell Wilson for three years. That's a lot yeah. better than the culture the Jets had in the mid-2010s where yeah. know, all kinds of nonsense was happening. His teammate punched him in the jaw and knocked him out for the season, stuff like that. And Gino's come a long way. He's in his 30s now. And I think he looked pretty good. He was definitely not the worst quarterback I watched this week. That first game quote, oh, my God. They wrote me off, but I ain't right back. That's just, I, I love that. That was amazing. I, I was and jumping for joy when I heard, saw that quote. But football quote of the century. Honestly, it, 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 it's, it just shows how far he's come. And he, want, he wanted to make that clear at the post-game presser. But, I mean, the, the big thing about this game is the ending. What, what, what was your reaction to the ending? Because I was both laughing and also just so confused and appalled. I mean, well, like, really quickly before that, I think people forget that Geno Smith was a second-round draft pick for a reason. Yeah. Like, he went to the Jets, and I feel like people don't realize that, like, Jets – the Jets organization ruins careers. Like, I think people like to laugh at Mark Sanchez and, like, they're like, oh, the butt fumble. But, like, Mark Sanchez was a halfway decent quarterback. He could have been better, but he was on the Jets. You know, and I feel like – yeah, I feel like people forget that like Geno Smith is a second round draft pick for a reason, and he was he's like Geno Smith has never been terrible. Like he's always been like an okay quarterback, and so I think he really showed how efficient he can be, especially now that he's older and stuff like that. But as for the ending of the game, I uh, completely disagree with the decision to go for the fixed sixty five yard field goal. I mean, me and Matt this morning we were watching uh, NFL Network and they were talking about how like you have a better statistical chance by far to complete the fourth down and get five yards then like kick the 65 yarder, which I understand that Nathaniel Hockey, he's like a rookie head coach. You know, he's trying to uh, play it safe, go for the win. But also like, a, like you can't go for 65 yarder. Like this is not Justin Tucker back there. Like it's, I don't know. I think it's an absurd take. I thought it was entirely too passive. 
Um, and which is not also, we saw that from some of the other rookie head coaches, you know, Lovey Smith, he just punted it, uh, in the, in overtime, which is also insane. So Lovie Smith is a whole other story. I don't even think he should be an NFL head coach as we covered when we talked about Houston, but now we can put that aside. But, uh, for now, anyway, my take was like, you know, they brought Hackett over, you know, from green Bay and he was, you know, everyone's like, Oh, look at that green Bay offense. And obviously I did give him some credit, even though I think most of it's Rogers, but is like this guy's gonna be offensive first. You know, Russell Wilson, he's not stuck with Pete Carroll anymore, who wants to run the ball and limit Russell Wilson. He's gonna be able to air it out. It took them two quarters to really get the receivers going. And then you pay Russell Wilson all this money, you traded for him. It's a fourth and five, fourth and five. Like he could have just dumped it off to Javante or Alberto or someone to get that first down if the receivers weren't open. And they don't even choose to go for it in a in a huge situation. Not to mention how much time they wasted with all three of their timeouts left. It was just bizarre coaching. You know, I picked Nathaniel Hackett for coach of the year. I put something out on Twitter, my award predictions. That's not looking too good so far. And I just, I was, I had the same reaction Peyton Manning did on the Manning cast, which I saw on Twitter. Like just, he was just appalled by it. I was as well. Uh, just a crazy ending, but shout out to Seahawks because everyone thought they were going to get blown out and that's not what happened whatsoever. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think it's a great day to be a Seahawks fan. Um, You know, I don't know if the Seahawks are going to continue this success because, you know, it is week one. I think a lot of people start overreacting, overreacting, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, at least they start out their season strong and they showed that this is a team who has potential, you know. And I really like that uh, a lot of like some of the Seahawks players like uh, Shelby Harris, he was, you know, he's very passionate about it. I really respect the fact that these guys came out here and they're just like, yeah, this is people came in here thinking they could roll over us and they didn't. And I really respect that about the Seahawks. And I, I think it was a great game for it. You know, maybe it wasn't, it was a little sloppy at times, but you know, that's okay. It was at least interesting. Yeah, it was definitely, it was a good game. Like I know it was a low scoring game, but I was, I was into it. It's just that ending. It, it was just unexpected. But they got, they got 16 games to bounce back. Hopefully it's Absolutely, yeah. games for Hackett. And you know, he's never been a head coach before, but I don't know. It's just a weird decision. I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, we'll have to see how they how they respond. But, you know, the other thing I was a little concerned about with them was I, I get that Gordon and Javante are going to split carries, but it was like a little too little for Javante. I mean, he had 11 receptions, but they weren't putting him in like optimal positions to catch. He only had like six yards of catch. So really, run and running-wise, Melvin was getting more carries, even though Javante was a lot more efficient. So I think that they need to improve on as well. I've said before, I've defended keeping Melvin Gordon when we did that podcast, but if they're going to use him that much, I might have to walk back some of what I said. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was, it's kind of weird because, like, Javante Williams, I think, is uh, – Melvin Gordon is still a great running back, but I think Javante Williams is clearly – the uh, best one out of this entire uh, running back wheelhouse to have going. And I mean, you know, from like a fantasy perspective, um, I was annoyed because, you know, Javante <laughs> Williams is a good running back and they very much limited him. Um, it was kind of weird. You know, I know he fumbled and, you know, he had some mistakes here and there, but w- like he's a good running back. And I do agree. It's kind of weird that they were not giving him enough carries. They were entirely spitting it too much. And it's not a, it does not bode well for Nathaniel Hackett that we're having problems like this or this early into the season. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to see how Denver responds. But in that AFC, you can't afford losses like this. So we'll have to see what happens. So the other primetime game over the past uh, two days, Dallas and Tampa. Tampa Bay, they only one touchdown in this game. It was a nice touchdown by Mike Evans. I don't know if you saw it, but it was pretty nice. Yeah. And 
Other than that, field goals galore. It was three to three, and Dallas didn't score again. Dak is obviously out now for it looks like six to eight weeks. Although Jerry Jones said he thinks he can come back in four weeks. I don't think that's happening. That's not what the doctor no. said. But uh, we'll have to see how Dallas can look with Cooper Rush, but their receiving core, even CD, didn't do much. Defense is all right. I mean, they did limit Tampa to only one touchdown, which is impressive. I was less impressed by Tampa in this game and more disappointed in Dallas, especially before Dak's injury. Uh, but what, what's your take on that? Do you agree with that, or do you think this was a big win for uh, Tampa? No, I agree. You know, Tampa Bay, a lot of people, you know, this is like, this is Tom Brady's team. You know, you expect more of them against a lowly team like this. And yeah, they did win by 16 points. But considering the Cowboys are honestly, in my opinion, one of the worst teams in the league, just from like every standpoint in terms of like player personnel and like organizationally run. But uh, it's just, it is very disappointing that the Buccaneers did not play a better game than this. Although I would like to point out that Julio Jones played excellently for someone his age coming off his injuries. I'm a big Julio fan. Love the guy. I think he's one of the best wide receivers of all time. You know, he's unmatched and it's great to see him coming back. And also, of course, Mike Evans, he had a great game, great touchdown. Uh, very impressive over Trayvon Diggs, no less. Um, so, yeah, it is. It goes to show you how bad the Cowboys are. But I agree, it is a very disappointing loss for the Buccaneers. They definitely should have played a better game against a team like this. Yeah, Tampa, even in the win, I agree with that. They should have They should have looked a little better. I, my thing with Dallas is, like, I don't I don't think they have bad talent. I just don't think they have, especially if Dax can be hurt with the O-line dealing with the injuries. It's just, as it stands now, I agree, they are one of the worst teams. But we'll have to see if they can rally the troops. But I, I, that receiving core is way too banged up. I still don't like the way they use the backs. Pollard, I didn't think, got enough looks in the past game at all. I think they need to use him. So, uh, Cooper Rush, I know he beat the Vikings last year, but I, I just don't consider him an elite backup whatsoever. I don't think he's actually, like, that talented that he's going to be able to put some wins together for Dallas. I could really see them, if Dak doesn't come back quick enough, I could see them finishing last in the division after the way the Commanders and Giants played this week. Yeah, no, for sure. I told you. I mean, Cooper Rush, you know, I think he's okay. I think he's an okay backup. But that's good for one or two games or maybe, you know, right. in relief during a blowout or something. But to have him play a majority of your season, it does not bode well for the Cowboys, you know. And Dak, even on top of that, the problem was Dak also was not playing that great really either. Uh -huh. So it doesn't – it's just not a good look for them, especially because he's going to be coming off of a throwing hand thumb injury as well when he comes back. There's no telling how he's going to play um, considering how he also played in this first game. So it's not – the outlook on the Cowboy season is not amazing right now. And, it, you know, people like I, – I mean, me personally as well, I like to clown on the Cowboys fans. But, you know, I do feel bad for them because they didn't uh, – you know, they didn't sign up for this. You'd expect a little more out of your team, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I, I, I just don't know where they go from here. But they'll yeah. have to – just like De Denver, they're going to have to respond, but I just don't think they have the personnel to do so. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough season for them. That's my prediction. My outlook on them is that they could have a really tough season. But enough of the gloominess. Yeah. Let's get to a happy topic for you. Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill's debut. Everyone's been clowning Tua all offseason. But once again, the Dolphins destroyed the Patriots in week one. The Patriots can't play in Florida when it's hot. I don't know if they can play at all, period, this season, as we've talked about. But what's your thoughts on this 20-7 to victory? I, I just want to say briefly – you know, some people – I listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he's more of an NBA guy than an NFL guy, but he likes to put his NFL takes out. He was saying, oh, I think I think Miami should have blew New England out. I think Tua didn't play good enough. 
I think Tua was pretty solid, especially in his first game with Tyree Kill. I think he was getting the ball to both him and Waddle quite effectively. I think the run game let them down, although Edmonds did look good in the pass game. So what's your thoughts on how he played? I think I think this was a good win for Miami. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I know some people are like, maybe we should have gotten a few more points. But I think defensively, the team played amazingly. I think the offense was good. Um, I think Tua played solid. You know, Tua wasn't amazing or anything like that. But also, this is a new system for him. Yes, it is a system that caters to his needs. But, you know, there's a lot of new guys on this team. The offensive line had a few struggles because we had some injuries, unfortunately. But honestly, overall, I think the Dolphins played great this game. Um, I loved what I saw from McDaniel. I loved the, the gutsy play calls. You know, he went for a fourth and seven. Yeah. That's what you like to see. You know, you just got to take some chances. You have to throw the ball, throw it to one of your playmakers like Jalen Waddle, which is what some of the other teams this has uh, Sunday should have done. But, yeah, I think the Dolphins played great. There's definitely some areas we need to improve on, but I totally think that the team can really fix this up. You know, the offensive line, it's going to be near uh, shuffled a little bit, most likely depending on how these injuries shake out because Austin Jackson, uh, it seems he has somewhat of a serious injury. It's very unclear as of now still. Uh, he was one of the starters, and he was playing decently. He wasn't playing terribly, but uh, it is what it is. We're going to see what happens with that, but I really like the way the team the way the team played. Yeah, I think they look good. You know, Javon Holland, you were talking him up. He looked good in that game, forcing the interception in the end zone. Uh, you know, off Devontae Parker, the former Dolphin, they, they got him to mess up there in the end zone. So that was a big play in the game that turned the tide early. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Mac Jones. Seems like he's not going to miss time, but he did sustain that injury during the game. But or the reports seem like he's going to play week two. Patriots, to me, just looked – I mean, their run game is what I thought was going to be the, the highlight of their offense, and they couldn't get that going at all with Harris or Stevenson. And then the receivers, I just don't like them that much. Myers is all right, but not as a number one. And the rest of them, I'm just not, not that sold on. Uh, defense, we talked about their corners. They can't stop Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. That was proven on Sunday. So uh, that's a it's a rough sign for them, but I think it was a great win for the Dolphins. I think they're going to keep getting better from here. Yeah, for sure. I agree because I think the Dolphins showed that there wasn't just them feasting on an easy team because the team played very well. It was very clean football for the most part. You know, they uh, – I mean, the Patriots, as far as I remember, only had two, like, big chunk plays. The rest of it was very much they had to grind it out. They had to work against that defense, really try to wear them down. It just didn't really work. So I think that the Dolphins – Sure, they didn't. They only won by 13 points, but I think it was more just the fact they didn't need to win by more than that because they just commanded the entire game. So mm-hmm. I and I agree. I don't love the Patriots team. I still don't haven't. Um, I don't like what they're doing. They don't really have great receivers. It's kind of a big mess for them right now. But um, I think the Dolphins showed that we are actually a well-built team and not just feasting on an easy team like the Patriots, even though the Patriots are not a great team. Yeah, I would agree. I, I agree with that take. Someone who did feast on a on a bad team for an easy win, though. It's 24 to 9. The Ravens, you know, the news broke before the game. Lamar Jackson will not be signing a contract extension. He wants more guaranteed money. I would say he came out and proved that, yes, it was the Jets. They aren't they aren't exactly the most intimidating secretary, but I thought he proved that he can be as just as good as a passing quarterback as a runner, as you know, we've talked about before. We we think he can do that. It's just they haven't really given that balanced approach to the offense just yet. And, you know, J.K. Dobbins was out in this game, so there's a lot of passing. Uh, I'm hoping they can still balance the offense, but against the Jets, they didn't need to run anyway. They were just passing the ball a lot. Uh, what you make of that uh, big win for the Ravens? You know, I think the Ravens, uh, similar to the Dolphins, although they did play against a not amazing team, they also com- showed that they are a good team as well, you know, and uh, 
you know, I picked the Ravens as kind of the Ravens as kind of like a mid tier team. And, you know, they show that they're still pretty decent. You know, um, I think I totally agree with you, your take about Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is an excellent throwing quarterback. I think after his rookie season, he really improved on a lot of his game. And, you know, I think people still like to kind of put him in that box from his rookie season where he was just a runner. And I think people forget that Lamar Jackson won MVP a few seasons ago for a reason. You don't win MVP just by being a running quarterback. You win right. it by being the best all-around quarterback. And I think people forget that. But the, as for the Jets, you know, there are some bright spots on this team. You know, I think their uh, starting cornerback, Joe of Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, they played amazing. You know, they played the best they could, yeah. but they were being overwhelmed by an increasingly better team. And it's a shame. And also shout out to DJ Reed, who uh, uh, dedicated his intersection to his father. You know, it was a great play by him. Um, I think there's some good players. You know, I like what I saw from the Jets receivers as well. I think the receivers played pretty well. I think Brees Hall was good too, but oh, but Mike Carter, Jets. Mike Carter was big in this game for them. That's true. He did. He did have that fumble, but I agree. The running backs were also good. I liked what I saw from the skill positions. You know, Joe Flacco was okay. I don't think he was terrible, but he was oh, amazing. Either. Did you see Peyton? What Peyton Manning said about the Jets? No, he was roasting them on the Manning case. He's like, "You passed fifty nine times in week one with your backup quarterback. There's no way you're gonna win." You know, Joe Flacco passed fifty nine times in this game. It's insane. That I, I think that I just remembered that. That's just an ins- absurd number. And yeah. I know they were picking on the Ravens. They didn't have Marcus Peters, so they really had one corner in uh, Marlon Humphrey out there. But, you know, 59 times in the homes, maybe it'll work. But with Joe Flacco at this age against his former team, I don't know. Definitely yeah. wasn't going to work out, and that's why the, the Jets didn't score too much, I don't think. But I agree. I think a lot of the players on their team, the receivers, they were able to accumulate stats because they passed almost 60 times, but – they just couldn't keep up with the Ravens, especially defensively. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I did like what I saw from some of these players, but I think overall the Jets are still kind of the Jets, unfortunately. And it's a shame because, you know, I really – I you know, we were both kind of high on them. We are like, maybe not this year, but th- there's going to be some potential from them. But it's kind of unfortunate that the team played this badly. So They've had a lot of injuries already too, and it's only week one. I, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson's coming back soon, but still. Yeah, it's it's not looking promising as of now. There's definitely some promising players on this team. You know, a lot of the young guys are playing great. And even with some of the veterans like Quan Alexander, he played pretty decently, all yeah. things considered. But it's the Jets are still kind of the Jets right now. It's kind of a shame because I thought I hoped that they would be a little better than that. I agree. One team that did uh, kind of change the perception we had of them, though, unlike the Jets, who kind of did what they always do. That's the Chicago Bears. You know, they're playing the, the 49ers. It's a torrential downpour. That's something my mom likes to say, torrential downpour. That's what was going on in Chicago uh, during this game. And a lot of people would have said the veteran 49ers, they're going to be able to stick it out in weather like that. The, the Bears, who a lot of people pegged to be one of the worst teams, they're not going to be able to adjust to that. They're going to have a rough game. And yet, Bears got away with a gritty 19-10 victory, slip and slide in their way to, uh, after the game doing that. Justin Fields – all things considered, I had a pretty good game. What was your take on the 49ers-Bears game? Honestly, I'm very disappointed in the Niners. I think the Niners were a much better team, but I don't want to discredit the Bears. I think they played a great game. You know, uh, you know, the receiving core, a lot of people were talking down on them. We did as well. I didn't think the receiving yeah. core was amazing. But surprisingly, a former Packer, Kwame yep. St. Brown, he Thank played you. pretty decently, all things considered. You know, he was good. I think Justin Field played great. Uh, I think Justin Fields this season, even though he's not on the best team, I don't think the Bears are suddenly going to be an underdog team this season. I still think they're not uh, well-equipped to handle a lot of the better teams because the Niners, 
you know, it was a torrential downpour. This game really could have gone to anyone, depending on how things worked out. Um, I do think the Bears played a good game, though. I'm not saying it was all luck, but um, it remains to be seen how the rest of their season go. But I think uh, Justin Fields showed that he's a good quarterback. He has potential to be the future of this franchise, and I think he will be. I think a lot of people try to write him off, especially because he was drafted so low compared to all the other quarterbacks. You know, like a guy like Zach Wilson went ahead of him, which is still something I disagree with to this day. But I think Justin Fields is really going to show people what he has this season. Yeah, so my thing with Justin Fields, I be, I like him as a talent, but I continue to believe that even though they got this win, I think this offensive line is going to kill him. I, I think it's going to be really yeah. bad for him, and I, I still don't love the O-line, but they did kind of hold up in this game. I think the weather definitely helped, obviously, but you know, I don't think the Bears, after this win, it's probably unlikely that they're going to be the very worst team in the league, but I still have them pegged as one of the five or six worst. I think the Packers, which we'll get to in a sec, I'll, I'll talk about my Packers, but I think we'll, we'll get a nice win on Sunday night, send the Bears back down to earth, but it was a great week one win, a real good feel-good win. Uh, Brisker looked good. You see him out there? He was making some plays. Eddie Jackson came back from the dead after a dormant season or two. He got an interception that was big, so their secondary played well. What was your thoughts on Trey Lance? Are you putting too much stock into this performance, or is it like third start of his career, I think it is? It's a lot of rain, conditions he wasn't prepared for, no George Kittle. You kind of putting it to the side, or do you think this is something to worry about? Uh, I think if he continues to play like this, then it, it will be a, a what was a sign of future problems. But I think, as you're saying, it's his third star. I think people are trying to really like be like, Trey Lance sucks, get him out of here, bring back Jimmy G. I think people are worried about this entirely too much. I mean, as you were saying, this torrential downpour is insane. No one expects to play in conditions like that. That's honestly some of the worst conditions I've ever seen football be played in. Like <laughs> playing in the snow is probably easier than this, at least. Yeah, I think and so. I I don't think that like the whole 49ers as a whole did not play well. I mean, Dio Samuel didn't do much. Brandon Ayuk didn't do much. But I mean, Elijah Mitchell's injured. Right. You know, I don't I just think it was kind of a sloppy game all around. Uh, at least from the 49ers perspective, I think the Bears played uh, pretty okay, all things considered. So I don't, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If this pattern continues, then yes, maybe start to hit the panic button. But for now, first game of the season, uh, unenviable circumstance to be playing in. So I think we should just wait and see about Trey Lance. I still think he has a lot of potential. I agree. I think the Niners will bounce back from this, but I think it's a great way for the Bears to start their season. You were talking about sloppy play. Let's talk about the Steelers-Bengals overtime showdown because this was, I had Joe Burrow in fantasy in my family league, one of the leagues I care the most about. And the man was at negative four points by the end of the first quarter. He somehow still managed to get me 21, but a lot of turnovers in this game, a lot of sacks. And it sucks for the Steelers because Alex Highsmith had three sacks. He came out of the game. And then TJ Watt, who was wrecking havoc as always, now he tore his uh, pectoral, I believe it was. And he's going to probably miss most of this season. So that's a big loss for them, but they got the win in overtime after all the madness of the blocked field goal by Minka at the end of regulation. Then they, then they missed the field goal in overtime. McPherson missed twice in that game, and he's supposed to be one of the most reliable kickers, and Burrow was looking rattled. What did you make of this Steelers win? Do you put anything into it, or do you think it's more the Bengals were just playing absolutely terrible? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. I think the Bengals uncharacteristically played very sloppy, but I still think that they kind of brought it together towards the end of the game. I think they showed – that they still are the Bengals from last year. They just they got a little sloppy at the beginning of the game. Joe Burrow, I think he was a little rattled. He was there's a lot of pressure in his face early on in the game, which is kind of weird considering how much better this offensive line should be from last year. Mm-hmm. But as for the Steelers, like yeah, the Steelers won, and you know they're talking a lot about this win. They're making fun of the 
Bengals and stuff, but I didn't love the way the Steelers played personally. I don't think they played amazing football. I don't think this is necessarily a much better team. You know, I mean, they're like, I don't know. I just, I think it's kind of a little bit of both things. The uh, Bengals played very unlike them. And I think the Steelers kind of just were able to take advantage of that. I don't, I didn't see anything that showed me that the Steelers are like, you know, they got that dog in them just yet. <laughs> well, I, I would agree because I think their offense was horrific. I think the offense was put in a lot yeah. of positions to capitalize and yeah. they weren't able to. And that's what led to this overtime go into it. was almost a tie. And we'll get to the other, t- the actual tie in a sec here, but th- this was almost a tie as well. But Boswell is able to make it. Boswell even missed at one point. So there's a lot of misses in this game. A lot of crazy stuff happened. But Trubisky, you know, I still think he should serve or pick it, but at least at first, but he wasn't anything crazy. The offensive line sucks. Najee Harris was outrushed by Chase Claypool in this game, which is embarrassing. Uh, I mean, Najee did have a receiving touchdown, but he just couldn't get anything going on the ground. George Pickens, everyone's been talking about how good he's going to be at three yards. So I'm I'm concerned about this offense. I think it's going to come back to bite them, but Still an absolutely insane week one win. I feel like the Steelers always have insane games during week one. Yeah. No, I, I do agree with what you're saying. The offense was put, like, they got four interceptions, uh, you know, in that first half, and they were very much put in a position to capitalize. But, like, if your offense isn't doing anything about it, those interceptions mean nothing, which is kind of like what I say, you know, what happened last year with Trayvon Diggs. A lot of people talked up, oh, he led the league interceptions. But did the Cowboys do anything with that? Not really. Well, they made the so, playoffs. They were the number. Well, they offense. did. They did, but ultimately, it didn't. It didn't matter. Actually, that's not the best example. You're right, but <laughs> you're right. The Steelers' offense, like, like I do agree with you. I don't think they played amazingly. I, I think it is kind of, uh, it's, it's not a great performance from them, which is why I don't think the, the Steelers should start celebrating too yet about their season. Uh, so yeah, it's it remains to be seen, but I don't think the Steelers are still going to be a great team. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they're going to be competent because they got Mike Tomlin coaching. But at the end of the day, they needed to do more to make this an easier win because they they could have had this game uh, many times. By the way, Jamar chases that one catch that didn't count, but was almost a touchdown. It was out of bounds. But that was insane. That was one of the best catches insane. in a long time. Yeah. I just wanted to shout that out. Now, yeah. moving on to the other overtime showdown, Texans-Colts. This was a barn burner. Texans were up big early. Colts rallied back. JT got got cooking in the second half. He got a touchdown. Um, I was expecting more of the Colts on offense, but I thought their defense uh, was big in the second half and allowed them to get back in the game. Even without Shaquille Leonard in this game, they looked good. But Davis Mills looked really good. I was upset with Damian Pierce's usage. Lovey Smith, who you already talked about uh, some of the issues he had in this game, punting in overtime. I think running Rex Burkhead, who's a pass catcher, more than Damian Pierce, who's a power back that they they have a lot of invested in based off the preseason. I think that was really stupid. Uh, I think that hurt them. And, you know, the receiving group, besides Brandon Cooks, didn't do a ton. O.J. Howard had a couple touchdowns out of nowhere, so shout out to him. That's that's pretty cool to see him get going. But, yeah, I don't think the Texans were world beaters in this game. I think they started hot, and then they kind of made some poor decisions as the game went on. So what did you, what's your take on this uh, tie here, 20-20? to 20? Um, honestly, I think it's really disappointing game from the Colts. You know, we talked about the Colts and we're like, wow, we think the Colts are going to be the best team in this division by far. And they ultimately kind of just dropped the ball on a lot of occasions in this game. I think Matt Ryan, you know, he played very much up and down. And, you know, it's – I guess the Texans, which is not an amazing team, they definitely should have played better. Uh, but also on the Texans' point, um, I think the Texans made some questionable decisions, like you're saying, in terms of personnel usage and also just in terms of like play calling. You know, Lovey Smith, as you mentioned earlier, he decides to punt it from their 50 on fourth down and in overtime. 
instead of going for the win, playing entirely too passive, just like Nathaniel Hackett was. And, yeah. you know, I don't really have a lot to say about this game other than the fact that it's disappointing for both of these teams. In terms of the Colts, they're better than this. They should have beat the Texans easily. They're a much better team than this. In terms of the Texans, uh, it's just disappointing because, you know, this is a team that has a lot of young talent on it and could show a lot of potential. But it seems that their uh, coaching staff and organization is kind of holding them back right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the Texans are just in a weird spot. We already talked about in our Texans preview. We didn't really understand the Lovey Smith coaching hire. We didn't really understand the David Coley coaching hire, coaching hire last year, but then they fired him after one year. So I think that's a mess for them, but it's good that Mills at least look pretty solid, but they're going to need to do a lot more if they want to finish out some of these games. Speaking of not finishing games, though, the Atlanta Falcons doing what they do best, choking major leads. That's exactly what happened against the New Orleans Saints. I was watching with my friend Chris Reynolds, big Saints fan. He went from being world is falling, oh, the Saints suck, we suck, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he was shouting and screaming about how Jameis and Mike Thomas were absolutely dicing up the Falcons. I will say Corderell Patterson, they used him as a full-time running back as opposed to that like Swiss Army knife guy in this game. He looked great. But everybody else on this Falcons team, I thought, really dropped the ball. Really bad, just every, really bad everything across the board in the second half. What you make of the Saints comeback in this game? Uh, you know, it's not really surprising. You know me, I was a big proponent of the potential the Falcons could show. You know, I think this is an okay team, and there's a lot of young guys on this team play great. And you know, uh, Drake London, he yeah. had a few good catches, yeah. showed some potential. Marcus Mariota surprisingly played a pretty decent game, all things considered. You know, I think. It's really nice to see him bounce back. I'm a big Mariota fan. Um, I think his, you know, his career was kind of like ruined from the start. But, you know, I really think that we saw some good stuff from the Falcons, but ultimately it is very disappointing, very telling that they once again choked away a very good lead. Um, you know, they're playing pretty commandingly early in this game. They're playing well. They're playing smart. And they kind of just dropped the ball uh, all around. You know, the defense kind of just started giving up points. Uh, the offense wasn't uh, effectively running like it used to be. But as you're saying about Cordero, I actually agree with you. I love the fact that they used him as full-time running back. Um, I think it was a great move for them. Uh, he looked great, got a lot of fantasy points. Um, should have started him over Elijah Mitchell, but oh well. But, you know, I do like I did like what I saw from some of the team. You know, I think Mark Mariota played great. I think some of the receivers were pretty decent. And I think Cordero Patterson, as always, was an uh, excellent part of this team, probably the best player on this team besides A.J. Terrell. But, yeah, it's it's not great that they choked away a lead to, to the Saints. But the Saints played great. You know, that second half, they really came through. I love Michael Thomas in this game. I thought he was looking great. He was really doing uh, what I expect him to do, dispel the, the slant boy accusations more or less because that's, that's, that's the system Drew Brees wanted to run, and that's what he did, and he did to perfection, and he gets made fun of for it as if he wasn't a great player. And I, it was nice to see him make some big plays as opposed to just – you know, racking up 10-yard catches throughout the game. So I liked what I saw from him. Uh, Taysom they used, uh, he had a big run at one point. They were kind of using him as a runner and a pass catcher at tight end, so that was fun to see. I like that version of Taysom a lot more than the version we get when he's the quarterback, which I think is terrible. And I think their defense held up in the second half after a rough uh, first half. I thought they really started to come through. So I'm encouraged by what I saw with the Saints. I still think that division with Tampa is up in the air, and we'll have to see, but – a take I had about this division that you disagreed with, and it looks like you were correct. I thought the Panthers might be not a playoff team, but a little frisky this year, but they definitely dropped the ball against Cleveland. I thought they were definitely going to get the win over Jacoby Brissett and Kareem Hunt and Miles Garrett decided that was not going to happen. Now the Panthers did start rallying in the second half and only lost by two. Baker did 
uh, play a lot better in the second half, but it just wasn't enough. And we saw Cade York, the rookie kicker, nail a 58-yard field goal. So it looks like the Browns found a nice kicker there. Uh, what was your take on this game? Not a lot. It wasn't very entertaining besides the Kareem Hunt touchdowns, but you know, I think it's interesting that Cleveland was able to win this game. Uh, I do think Cleveland was kind of handed the win by the referees. I think the Panthers should have won, but I didn't really love the way either of these teams played. It wasn't like it wasn't great. Baker Mayfield, you know, a lot of people are uh, talking down on Baker Mayfield. They're like, wow, you came out here for your wrench game, you really dropped the ball. But honestly, uh, you know, watching these highlights for the game back, um, I don't think his team did him any favors. You know, the only bright point on this offense really was Robbie Anderson, who yeah. Robbie Anderson, yeah, for all of his faults, he's a pretty decent uh, wide receiver, but he was the best player that game besides, you know, some of the defensive guys, I guess, but I, it wasn't a great game for really either team. I didn't love what I saw from either of them. Yeah. Uh, shout out to it's a deep page. Donovan Peoples Jones. He played pretty good. All things considered, but I don't think either, I don't think either team played amazing. And, you know, uh, the Browns were ultimately handed the win because the refs kind of dropped the ball on that one as well. What was that? I mean, I was watching on red zone, but I, I'm kind of neglecting what, what happened. They, the uh, so Brissett when they were, he faked a spike and then spiked it again, which is illegal. You're not allowed to fake a spike and then actually spike the ball. Okay. So, but the refs just didn't do anything about it. They were very clearly watching it, but then they just didn't say anything. Hand <laughs> the Browns the win. <laughs> and then they got and, the field goal, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was not a, the best look for this game after it had been kind of a disappointing one at that. Yeah, it was definitely like a, a gritty win for the Browns, but less less like, but not really in a good way. Like, I feel like they kind of, it was just a boring game that had a couple touchdowns, but the rest of the game wasn't like anything crazy. I thought CMC didn't look too hot, unlike Saquon, who we can get to, who looked re- rejuvenated. CMC did not look the part. He did have a touchdown, but very inefficient as a pass catcher and a runner in this game. And maybe that's the offense, maybe that's the coaching's fault, but I just didn't think he looked too good. I agree. He definitely, uh, it seems kind of as of now, his injuries have kind of uh, caught up to him and he's not really just the same CMC as he used to be. Yeah. Hopefully that can change because I got him on a team. And also I just like Christian McCaffrey, but you know, we'll have to see if this can uh, change for the better. Now I mentioned uh, the, the, the giants. I thought this was a great win for them. I thought they had a really nice performance all across this game. They got down early, you know, Saquon had that huge run. I think it was 65 yards somewhere around there. He looked very dynamic. He finished with 160 rush yards. But I also thought, you know, Brian Dable going for two. I was a big fan of the Brian Dable hire, and it's not because uh, I think he's going to go for two on plays like that. I, w- I was a little scared about it because Daniel Jones doesn't have the greatest track record, but he had a re- I think Daniel Jones had a nice game. Uh, I think that the Giants' offense worked a lot better than I thought right off the jump. Like, I knew I, – I believe Brian Dable is going to help improve this offense, but I feel that he did it even in the first game. And the defense, I think, held up really well in the second half. And ultimately, it came down to that field goal, and uh, Bullock just shanked it, and he 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 was unable to get the Titans to win. You know, Derrick Henry was all right, but I didn't think he was great in this game. And ultimately, for the Titans, uh, I, I, I saw that a game that they should have won, that they kind of just were outplayed in the second half. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing because I really like the Titans were playing early in this game. You know, they got Dontro Hillard involved in the passing yeah. game. He played he played great, you know, all things mm-hmm. considered. Uh, you're right about Derrick Henry. He wasn't playing amazing, but I think that's actually uh, a huge part to the Giants. I think the Giants played a great game. Even if Randy Bullock had made the game-winning touch uh, field goal, um, I still think the Giants should have walked away from that game, heads held up high, yeah. because they, they would have played a great game regardless. You know, I really did – 
you know, Danny Jones, you're right. He didn't play terrible. Um, I still don't think he's the future of the franchise, but for now he's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love that Saquon Barkley was really able to come back. I'm a big Saquon Barkley fan. Uh, I've always tried to, you know, push back against these allegations about he should not have been taken number two overall. I mean, the guy's a generational runner. He's great. He has the capability to be one of the best running backs of all time. And, you know, hopefully he comes back from the injury strong because he's a great player. And, you know, he really showed it this game. He ran, he caught, you know, he did it. He did it all that game. He played excellent. And as for the rest of the team, you know, uh, Sterling Shepard, you know, he's had a lot of problem with injuries, he but he's he able to push out. Yeah, he's able to make some plays. Um, I also like the way the defense played. I think they played really scrappy. And, you know, I think they showed out that they're a decent team. You know, I don't think they're going to be amazing this year. Not a playoff team, but they're definitely going to show a lot of potential for these next few years. I definitely agree. I think I think they just need to, you know, replace Galladay with a real receiver. And maybe that's yep. Wondell or maybe that's Tony. Maybe they develop into that. And then I think next year if they get a better quarterback or if Jones just keeps getting better somehow this year, I think they could be in good shape. I kind of like where they're going. And another team, yeah. NFC East, that surprised me. Washington Commanders. Did you get to see any of this game? Because I was watching. Oh, I did. Yeah. A couple, a couple Washington fans were watching with me, uh, in the room that we were watching the games, and it was just like they were watching the main game. I was watching a little on Red Zone, and just the madness of the Carson Wentz experience is just captivating. I, I he had some terrible throws. He had some amazing ones. They they got the win. They finally used Gibson as a pass catcher, which I've been saying they need to do for two years. I didn't understand why it wasn't obvious. He had a good game. Dotson, our guy, two touchdowns in his debut. I I, I think that you know they didn't even have Chase Young. Derek Forrest, the second year tight end, was making or tight end second year safety was making plays all over the place in the secondary, including the game winning interception. Jacksonville, I thought, was pretty solid, too. We talked about their receiving core when we talked about them, how it was kind of underrated, and they proved that in this game. But I think the Commanders earned this win, even with Wentz's uh, up-and-down play. What did you think of this game? Uh, I actually really like this game. You know, I like <laughs> both of these teams. You know, they're not they're not my Dolphins, but I do like to root for them from time to time. And I, I think it was a good game. It was actually one of the better games. You know, there's a lot of back and forth. Both teams played pretty well. Um, both quarterbacks, I think, for the most part, played well. I do agree that Carson Wentz, you know, He's very up and down with some like he threw two interceptions, one of Trayvon Walker. By the way, Trayvon Walker, he's he really good. shown out so far. He looked great. I'm really excited for him. You know, a lot of people were bashing him for being the number one overall pick, and I really hope he can prove people wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so good for him. Uh, I do really like the way the commanders played. They really spread the ball around. They got a lot of players involved. I totally agree with your take about Antonio Gibson being used as a receiving uh, uh, threat as well, which is weird because they drafted him out of uh, out of Memphis. He was yeah. a receiver, and then they convert him to running back, and he just never threw him the ball. It's mm-hmm. kind of an odd choice. Uh, but, you know, you're right, Jahan Dotson showed out. He played a great uh, first game as a rookie, uh, two touchdowns. The guy played great, really showed why he was the best player on Penn State last year. Terry McLaurin kept being Terry McLaurin. He was amazing as always. Curtis Samuel really came back from his injuries, played really well. He really came back from his injuries great. I've been holding on uh, to him in my dynasty league for a year. I was like, Curtis Sam's a good player. He's had, he's got some weird injuries. Yeah. I know he's a good player when he plays, and he, I thought he looked good as well. He catches a touchdown. I was excited to see him get involved. So I really like that trio of receivers. I think they're actually really good. Yeah, no, for sure. I really do think this is an underrated receiving core, and I think if they continue to play as well, they're going to get a lot of respect, you know. And also, uh, their defense, their defense played great, but you know, a lot of people already expected that of the defense. They really thought the defense was going to be the star of the team, anyways, but. You know, the offense really showed out, too, and I really like that for them. You know, I'm glad that the Commanders uh, have a promising future ahead of them after kind of a down year last year considering they made the playoffs two years ago. But, yeah, I'm really excited for them, and I think they play great. As for the Jaguars, 
Uh, it's kind of a similar story. They didn't play as well as the Commanders, obviously, because they didn't end up losing. But I liked what I saw from them as well. You know, a lot of young guys in the second are like Tyson Campbell and Cisco. They really showed out. Trevor Lawrence played a pretty good game. Uh, James Robinson, uh, like yeah, I said, good. played better than ETN. Uh, I think he's a great running back. I do think he should be the starter. And um, I'm happy for passes, him. I think. He, he was yeah. really just – I think he'll get better, but I expect – He will, yeah. I think I think after losing his whole rookie season, he's a little jittery about playing in the NFL. Yeah. I'm sure getting hit sticks the way he did uh, in that game by you know Forrest, like you were talking yeah. about uh, the second year safety, uh, did not help with his you know confidence issues. But I'm sure he'll bounce back. But I do think that James Robinson, if he can play, continues to play this way, he's gonna you know commandingly take the lead of this you know offensive backfield because I think James Robinson can play about the same way Etienne does. I think he can run the ball better than Etienne and he can catch. Maybe not as good as ETN, but he can still he can still be a decent receiving yeah, threat, which he did show. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like what I saw from James Robinson. He looked healthy. I'm a, I like what I mean. He's undrafted, became a, a stud right away. So I hope him and ETN can find that balance. I hope ETN uh, gets a little better, not just because he's on one of my fantasy teams, but also because you know you don't want to see a guy be a bust. Uh, so I hope he keeps. Uh, I hope he improves from here. But I liked what I saw from the sure. Jags. We'll just have to see if they can uh, maybe keep the – because they were winning at one point, so we'll have to see if they can keep the lead uh, next time they're in this kind of situation. Now, yeah. one game I definitely want to address you know, briefly here, the Chiefs blew out the Cardinals. I don't want to say much about this game. I mean, Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes did what they do. The only really talking point I would say is that the, the Chiefs proved that Tyree Kill, they can fill the void. I mean, Juju, Pacheco, Clyde had two receiving touchdowns, which I was happy about because I think they've underutilized him. Uh, as a pass catcher so you know just briefly what, what do you think of this game I thought it was a good win for the Chiefs obviously yeah I do agree with you uh, I think it was a commanding one for the Chiefs a lot of people really ready to write off Mahomes and the rest of this offense because Tyreek was gone but you know people forget Mahomes is a generational talent he showed that he is still one and is one for a reason you know the Cardinals uh, I mean, the Cardinals, I don't think they played terribly necessarily. It's just I don't think there was much they could do against a team like the Chiefs. Uh, but I do want to point out that, unfortunately, I'm a big Isaiah Simmons fan. Uh, I like the guy. I want him to be good. I like playing with him in Madden. He's a great user. Uh, but he's not a good linebacker. He, it's been, I he don't, does not look good. At, he's a top 10 pick. He hasn't been good his first couple yeah. of years. He, you know, he plays slow. He does not play smart. He's very unaware of his surroundings within the game. And it's kind of a shame because I like Isaiah Sims and I think he has the potential. He has the skill set and like capabilities to be one of the best linebackers in the league. But I remember when they talked how he could like maybe be a pass rusher, but then play inside linebacker and play some safety at times. I don't think he's really shown that versatility at all. And I don't think he's even been that good at linebacker. Yeah, it's it's not a promising start to his career. And, you know, uh, I think I don't think Kylo played amazing, but I don't think he played terribly either. Uh, you know, I'm a big Kylo Norris fan as well. I hope he can kind of figure out these issues because I like the guy. I want him to succeed, but um, I don't really think, like you said, there's not a lot to say about this game. I don't think there's much the Cardinals can do against a powerhouse team like this. I agree. I think the Cardinals will definitely win some games, but I I don't like their defense at all. And I think they're going to have if they face contenders like the Chiefs, they play the AFC West. I'm pretty sure they're gonna they're gonna face a lot of trouble this year. And speaking of the AFC West. You know, Chargers gutted one out against the Raiders. Uh, Herb, I, he he was connecting with people. I, I thought um, I thought Gerald Everett had a nice game. I was I was pegging him as a breakout tight end this year. I thought he showed up. Akeem Allen got hurt, which is unfortunate. I think he's going to play on Thursday, but he's a little dinged up. But what do you think of this win for the Chargers? You know, it's a close game, but I feel like they were in control 
for a lot of the game. The Raiders might have put something together at the end there, but Devontae Adams was, all, was awesome. But the rest of that Raiders team, I think, needed a little more from him. Oh, for sure. Also, just a small point. I definitely think Cliff Kingsbury's gone after this season, by the way. Yeah, I don't think he's a great I coach. Think but has to go. as for the Chargers game, I agree with you. I think the Chargers, even though, you know, the Raiders kind of started to come back towards the end of the game, the Chargers were very much in command the whole game. Uh, you know, they sp- he spread the ball around a lot. He got DeAndre Carter involved in the offense, yeah. which I like to see. I'm a big DeAndre Carter fan. I like the guy. But, uh, yeah, I do agree the Chargers played pretty well. Their defense and offense played pretty well. Um, I liked Bryce Callahan. You know, we didn't get to see uh, J.C. Jackson this year. But, you know, Bryce Callahan, Asante Samuel, Michael Davis, they played pretty decently. You know, obviously, against Devontae Adams, he made them look bad on a few plays. But this is also Devontae Adams, a top three receiver in this league, arguably the best in the league, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't – I think the Raiders, uh, they didn't play amazing, but they definitely showed that they can be a good team. Uh, I think Derek Carr just made some sloppy mistakes through some bad passes, but I don't think that's, I don't think we should just like write off the Raiders just yet, because I do think they, they showed some promise, you know, they start to come back late in this game, but I agree with you. I think the Chargers really did command uh, this entire game. You know, I like the way they use their running backs too. You know, they got Joshua Kelly really involved and uh, I think the Chargers are going to be a good team this year. I think they really showed that if these injuries work out, they can be a good team. Will Mack looked healthy. My thing with the Chargers, I predicted them to maybe be last in the division because they have a lot of players with injury history. Mike, or not Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen already dealing with an injury. I'm not rooting for the injuries. I was just making my prediction. I was trying to like say, there's four good teams in this division. Someone's got to come in last. I feel yeah. like the Chargers have the reasons to come in last. But week one, not too many injuries yet, and they looked really good on both sides of the ball. So I hope they stay healthy because this could be a Super Bowl contender if everybody's ready to go. But We'll have to see what happens with that. But I think this is a good win at home for them to start the year. So uh, moving on to just a couple more games we want to go through here. I think the only couple games we didn't get left are probably the ones I wanted to talk about the most. And I'm saving them for last year. The Eagles, first of all, 38-35 win over the Lions. The Lions were starting to come back. DeAndre Swift looked great in this game. I thought he was proved that he could be one of the best running backs in the league this year. Their O-line is really good. I liked what I saw from that. DJ Chark looked good uh, coming off an injured injury-filled year last year. He looked rejuvenated. Um, Devonta Smith was held to no catches, no yards, so that was concerning. But I felt the Eagles were in control of this game most of the time. I know the Eagles let the Lions get back in the game, but I feel like that's what Jared Goff always does. I feel as though the Eagles' defense, especially in the first half, was really good. We saw the James Bradbury pick six. Uh, my friend Matt sent me this video breaking down all the Kaiser White's plays, and he was the one who really forced that interception for Bradbury there, and he had some big plays as well. He looks like a big signing. Uh, and the front four, I think, is going to be great. Uh, I think they're going to keep getting better from here. You know, Derek Barnett's out for the season, but he is really a, probably the fifth guy on that D-line, so I think they're going to be all right. But what you make of this game? Because obviously, the other, the other thing I wanted to say, A.J. Brown looks amazing. What, what did you make yeah. of his performance? Uh, you know, I think the score is actually more a testament to how good both of these two teams actually are. You know, I don't think the Lions, you know, like we've talked about a lot of these teams, uh, we've said it a lot, is a lot of potential. I don't think the Lions are going to really going to go anywhere this year because there's just so many good teams right now in this league. But I also don't think that them losing only by three of the Eagles is a uh, – detriments of the Eagles I think it just goes to show how well these two teams play and I think it was a great game you know 38 35 that's the kind of game you like to see from the NFL you like to see a well-fought game you like to see both teams playing great I really liked what I saw what we saw from DeAndre Swift you know before the season started 
I thought it was kind of weird that people were talking him up in fantasy football and all that. They're like, DeAndre Swift, he's going to be like a playmaker. And I was like, yeah, he's good, but he hasn't really shown that yet. And um, I like that he did. I I'm, I like DeAndre Swift, and I, I'm happy to say that he really did show out. He showed why people pegged him to be this great player, you know. And as for the Eagles, like you said, A.J. Brown was amazing, but it is kind of concerning that he was the only wide receiver, yeah. and it does, and it's a little concerning, but it could also just be a circumstances that it was just AJ Brown's game. He was just playing the best. So he got the ball the most. So that remains to be seen what happens with that. Yeah. I, what do you think it hurts? Cause I thought he had a good game. I, he started a little right. a passer. I thought he was lethal as a runner and I thought he picked it up passing as the game went on. Uh, Yeah, no, I think, I think he uh, was able to lean on his running abilities to let him get into a groove with this passing. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I think he built a really good rapport with uh, AJ Brown for this game. Also, shout out to AJ Brown who had some sick cleats on in that game. They're the Kelly Green ones, very nice. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, I do agree that uh, Jalen Hurts played well. You know, I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think a lot of Eagles fans, a lot of just outside fans, are ready to kind of write him off as just like a running quarterback and all that. But I think he's got potential. It's kind of the same thing with Tua. People are trying to write them off too quickly, and they haven't really seen them at their full potential. And I think this right, Eagles they didn't write back. They didn't write back. They didn't write back. This Eagles, <laughs> <laughs> this Eagles team, I think, is finally. Uh, maximizing his potential by giving an offense that works for him. Uh, and I also like that they got the running backs really involved. You know, Gainwell Sanders and Boston Scott, yeah. they all got touchdowns this game. Miles Sanders played pretty decently. He looked good. You know? This is yeah, what I wanted them to use him like for years. They finally are making – there's no power back, which I think could be an issue, but that also allows Miles Sanders to get goal line touches, and I think that he looked really good in this game. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and the only other thing I want to say about the Eagles is that people are clowning their defense. I touched on this already, but I just want to make I just want to hammer it home. Like I think this defense played really well. It's just that they kind of let the wheels fall off in the second half. And they can't do that if they want to make a playoff run. But for week one, I think their defense showed enough that they're yeah. going to be forced this year. They just have to make sure they don't let teams back into it like they did the Lions. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that yeah, the defense could have played better. But I don't think it helped that the the Lions, for all things considered, were playing pretty decently as well. But I think the Eagles' defense is going to be all right. You know, it happens to the best of defenses. I'm sure at some point, you know, the Dolphins' defense is going to have a bit of a bad game. You know, it happened with you know the Bills and the Rams game. Actually, you know, we saw that uh, their defenses kind of neither of them really played amazingly. Right. It was kind of just more that the offenses kind of handing them the ball. But I, yeah. I think the Eagles are going to be okay. I think the Eagles are going to be a good team. Their their defense, there's a lot of new players on that defense. You know, Bradbury, White, Jordan Davis, they're all getting accustomed to it. And I think over time, they're going to really learn to gel and work together. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they stack up that secondary against Justin Jefferson uh, on Monday night next week. I guess that can bring us to our, our last game here, the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. So, uh, obviously, I have a lot of thoughts on this game as a Packers fan, but Vikings win. Uh, I think a lot of people are predicting this, but I don't think they thought it was going to be this big of a win for the Vikings in terms of the score. You know, to give my Packers a slight ounce of credit, I think this could have been a big blowout if they didn't adjust in the second half. I think the Packers looked a lot better in the second half on both sides of the ball, especially on defense. But this was a, the Vikings deserved to win this game. Uh, and even though I think a lot of that is because the Packers did some really stupid things, as I'll touch on in a sec here, they still deserve to win this game. They outplayed us. So what did you make of this Vikings performance? Because obviously I'm not I'm not happy that week one Packers is a thing now, as this is the second straight year in a row they've laid a goose egg. 
Uh, you know, I mean, I like the Packers, and I still think they're going to be the one of the best teams in the league, but I don't think it's a good sign for them that, as you're saying, that the week one Packers is now a thing, um, especially the team like the Vikings. Like, I don't think the Vikings were unnecessarily a much better team than them. They just executed their game plan better, and uh, it's it's not great when you hear about how your former wide receiver, Devontae Adams, has more receiving yards than your entire receiving core put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, A.J. Dillon was the re- leading receiver that game. And, you know, uh, also shout out to A.J. Dillon, by the way, who played amazingly. Um, a lot of people are pegging him to become the starter, actually. I've seen a lot of people saying that recently, which I don't – I think that really just depends. But uh, I think that the Packers did not play an amazing game. Uh, Justin Jefferson was amazing. You know, the, 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 the Vikings played a great game. But I don't – I think the Packers are going to be okay but it's not a great sign that they played this badly so early in the season. I definitely agree. I think that we uh, we, we were missing Bakhtiari and Jenkins, but Bakhtiari and Jenkins missed like pretty much the entire second half of last season. The O-line still held up. So I think that was a testament to the Vikings pass rush. You know, I've talked about Z Smith and uh, Daniel Hunter and how they've had their injuries, but it's week one. They're both healthy and they were wrecking havoc against us in this game. You know, Jake Hansen, especially the new starting guard, he had a tough time, allowed a team high four pressures I was reading on somewhere, somewhere I read that. Uh, Lazard being out, I think, is a bigger deal than people want to give it credit for. No one wants to acknowledge that Lazard's actually a pretty solid player. You know, when he's he's had some injuries that have cut some seasons in half for him, but uh, when you look at what he's usually on pace for, it's, it's pretty good. And now that Devontae's gone, I think he could have a big season. So having, like, the one guy on this team who has a pre-established connection with Rodgers, besides Cobb, but I don't count Cobb because he's kind of just older and not, not as crucial as he once was. But in terms of the key receivers on this team, you know, Lazard's the only guy who has pre-standing chemistry with Aaron, and he wasn't here. So obviously that Christian Watson drop, that was killer to start the game. I was happy that they didn't to- totally bench Christian Watson because it shows that they were still trying to get him involved. I saw some tape people were breaking down. Watson Watson got open a couple more times, that, like running down the field, but Rodgers either got sacked or just didn't throw to him because I guess maybe he just didn't trust him after that drop. So I'm hoping Christian Watson – uh, can earn that trust after missing most of uh, July and August. That's a big reason I think he doesn't have that chemistry yet. I thought my guy Dobbs looked pretty good in the second half. They got him on a jet sweep. He got a couple catches. He finished with, uh, I think, about 50 yards from scrimmage, close to that. Not the an elite debut, but for how we were playing as a team, I was encouraged by his play. Uh, Watkins, I think he caught all three of his targets. They just didn't get, put him in a good position to make plays. So I think the offense has signs of growth. I think they just didn't execute besides AJ Dillon, who you mentioned. I thought he was great. And defensively, I think our front front seven was actually pretty good in the second half. I think we were uh, forcing the Vikings to punt a lot more in the second half compared to that first half where Justin Jefferson obliterated us. And the last thing I'll say here, uh, I think the thing like the biggest part of why Justin Jefferson was so good, I still think he would have had a good game. He's a great receiver. But Jair Alexander barely covered Justin Jefferson because the Packers were insistent on their zone defense. But that zone defense didn't allow Jair to be matched up with Justin Jefferson hardly at all. And we, we even saw Preston Smith covering Justin Jefferson and a couple plays. Stokes was having a tough time with it. Jefferson, I think, is just a, an amazing player, and you just can't be lazy with how you're covering him, and I think that's a big reason why he went crazy against us. Yeah, no, I do agree. I thought it was kind of weird that, you know, Jerry Alexander had to come out after the game and be like, I wanted to shadow him yeah. the whole game. And it's kind of definitely a questionable choice. You know, like me personally, I know if the Dolphins were playing the Vikings, I'd want Xavier Howard, Javon Holland uh, covering him all yeah. night. 
And it was kind of weird that they didn't do that, which was definitely a big reason why he burnt them so much. I mean, he's an amazing player. He still would have played great. He still probably would have had at least 140 yards or something. But, you know, I definitely think that uh, they did not help themselves in this occasion. And I think sometimes that's the issue with the Packers. I think sometimes they're too stuck in their ways. They're a little bit stubborn sometimes. But, uh, you know, sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. I think you have to learn to be a little more flexible as a team to uh, accommodate some of the, the issues you're facing against every week. I definitely agree. Uh, the one play where he was totally wide open, like, did you see that one? No one was covering. Yeah. It was just a total yeah. miscommunication breakdown. Um, and it was just, it was just ugly to see. I, I like Jefferson a lot. I mean, he's one of my Vikings. I actually do like, I like watching him play. He's an amazing player, but you know, we got to be able to, we, we played Justin Jefferson four times already. Like this is, he's never done this to us before. And I get it's a new, new system, but I don't want to take anything away from Kevin O'Connell, but I think this was less about he's revolutionizing the NFL with his new offense and more that the Packers just broke down like five times in the secondary and it led, it led to big plays. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, did they score three touchdowns or were Jefferson's their only two? I'm trying to remember if another player scored for them. Oh, uh, I'm not entirely certain. I, I can check the two. box. I think, I think someone else did score, though. Uh, no, Jefferson was their only player with a touchdown. So this is my point. Like Jefferson just killed us, and the rest of the team didn't really have to do much. They kind of just they just kicked field goals in the second half, and that was that. They won the game. So you know, I think that the other thing that they they uh, hammered down at both Rodgers and Lafleur said we got to get Aaron Jones more involved because they need to bat. Both of those backs need to be involved as runners and in the receiving game. I didn't feel that we established the run as early as we should have. We waited almost till the end of the first half to do so. Uh, I liked how we came out in the second half and scored, but Aaron Jones needs more touches, and I think him and Dylan can coexist, so I think they need to make that a focal point. What do you think about that? No, I agree. I think uh, I think it'd be kind of a waste to just have one of them be the starter when they could easily be, like, you know, co-starters in a sense and really give them both the ball because they kind of, you know, they are both power backs, but I think they can offer you a little bit of different things. And um, I agree. I think uh, it makes sense to, you know, split carries between them because these are both excellent guys. And it's kind of a shame that you'd waste one of them. And um, hopefully the Packers realize that and don't do that for future reference. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we'll bounce back from this, but the Vikings definitely uh, deserve to beat us just for capitalizing off, off of how bad we played. So, you know, Vikings play the Eagles. I think that's a big game. That might be, in my opinion, that's the biggest game of uh, week two. And we can talk about that on our next episode where we're going to be previewing uh, next week's slate of games, but Packers got the Bears. It's kind of a nice game, but we got to be careful because that Bears team showed some heart. Now, I do think we're going to beat them, especially in prime time. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. We know how it is, but I don't know. I, I liked how the Bears defense especially played. So we're going to have to be a little careful. We don't want to just assume victory because if we're saying, oh, it's no big deal. We lost. We can just beat the Bears this week. We'll be back on track. That's how you. That's how they can get you. I know. I know we're home, but we don't want to be 0-2, especially 0-2 to two division rivals. That could spell a disastrous season for us. So what, what do you think of the Packers? Do you think Packers versus Vikings? It's a little early to make a prediction, but who do you think wins the division? Uh, or at least who do you think has a better shot at winning the division uh, as of now? Uh, I still think the Packers are going to win. Uh, I don't think it's – I think it's entirely too early. Like, I feel like people are always forgetting it's week one. You know, Mike McDaniels put out this quote uh, before the – last week before the games. He was like, you know – uh, whatever the week one result is, people are going to crown you the NFL yeah. Kings or they're going to say you're the losers of the league, but there's still going to be week two, week three, week four. And I think people are forgetting it's just week one. 
you know, yeah, the Bills really showed out this game in their in their game against the Rams. But I think it's kind of absurd if you were saying these are the Super Bowl champs. The Packers are now a dog shit team. <laughs> I think people are getting too ahead of themselves. If these patterns continue, then sure, yeah. But until then, I think it's unfair to start uh, saying that the Packers are suddenly uh, not going to play well this year because I still think they're a good team. I think it's just week one Packers and four, even though unfortunately it is a cycle that's happened, it's, I think they'll be okay. I still think they're a better team than the Vikings. And, uh, but you're right. As long as they don't start getting ahead of themselves and assuming that they're going to win these easy games, uh, they should be okay. Yeah, I agree. I have faith in us. I have faith in us because we still have Aaron Rodgers and we still got Matt LaFleur. I, I think Matt LaFleur is a great coach. So I think they're going to write the ship. I think they'll be in the lab this week and I expect them to win on Sunday. And if we lose, uh, there's not going to be excuses. Next week when we talk about the the week two slate, if we lose that game, uh, I'm probably going to be a lot angrier than I am right now because I think I was pretty level-headed talking about this Vikings loss. So uh, that's really going to do it for this episode. Mike, is there any team that really impressed you week one? Is there anyone that you can say, just to wrap up, that really changed your mind on on how you think their season's going to work out or do you think you don't want to overreact just yet? Is there anyone you really are worried about or encouraged by? Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that I don't want to speak on because it's a little too early for them, but, and I know it's going to make you sound like a homer and I'm biased, but I really do think that the Dolphins have shown that they, they're like, I don't know if necessarily we're going to, you know, uh, make it to the division round of the playoffs or anything like that. But I think if we continue to play this way, we can make, you know, the wild card and we can go from there. Um, I think that the Dolphins and Mike, McDa- I think Mike McDaniels, I think is more the thing. Mike McDaniels, he shows he is a capable NFL head coach. And yeah, it's only week one. But, you know, I feel like week one is actually a a huge deal for, you know, a young coach like him. So I think it's actually very promising that he uh, showed that he uh, was able to play a good game like that. So, Yeah, I definitely agree. And if I had to pick one team that I think uh, surprised me, you know, I'm a little worried about the Colts, but I still think they're going to win that division. But maybe they're not going to be as runaway of a favorite for the division as we thought. But I still have faith in them. I would say the one team that really uh, caught my eye this week, I would have to say that um, I guess I guess the team I would go with is Denver because I know Hackett's a rookie head coach. I'm gonna I, I don't think he should be fired if they don't make the playoffs this year. But I think Denver's road to the playoffs could be a lot harder if they're gonna have a shaky head coach. We saw this last year with the Chargers with Staley as well, where you have the, all the talent on offense, but maybe the rookie head coach can't totally put it all together right away. So I would say Denver, I'm a little concerned about, I still think they will be pretty solid, but if the chargers stay healthy, as I mentioned, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. And I think the chiefs also are shooing for the playoffs. So that's oh, who I'm sure. For. Actually. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I do want to point out two teams actually that I really like what they did. Uh, honestly, it was probably my favorite game outside of the dolphins game, the Jaguars and commanders, you know, I really liked the game they played. I really liked the way both teams played. You know, ultimately one team had to come out the winner and uh, ultimately the commanders were the winner and they played the better game. But I really liked what both of those teams showed. They really showed that the potential was there for both of these teams. And um, I honestly thought their season's going to be a little worse. But if they continue to play like this, they're going to be at the very least middle of the road teams, you know, possibly fighting for a playoff spot if things continue to work their way. Uh, you know, big fan of Ron Rivera and Doug Peterson. I think they're head coaches who kind of uh, given unfair shots with their old teams before they had to move on to uh, other other teams. But I really like the way both of these teams played. And um I think they're going to be better than I expected them to be. 
I agree. I think they both of those teams caught my eye as well. I really liked watching that game. I agree. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Fan Committee. We'll be back later in the week. We're going to preview the Week 2 slate, make some predictions, preview the game, stuff like that. Thank you guys for listening. This was a fun first week of the NFL, even though my Packers lost. So hopefully things get better from here. Keep on. They got to keep the craziness going because I love this Week 1. Right, Mike? For Wasn't sure, this a yeah. lot of fun? It was. I liked it. Yeah, a lot of crazy, crazy events, especially that one o'clock hour on Red Zone. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure to follow the fan committee on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to listen. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, just Joe Tooman. I post uh, all the pods on there. And I think we're going to be getting the TikTok going up again soon. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some details about that. But other than that, thanks for listening. Catch you next time.